0: It's the Medley of Madness. Now sponsored by our new Stubby Coolers. Oh, it's finished already. Okay. That now was, sponsored by our audio. new Stubby Coolers. You want to- Featuring our names. <laughs> what the hell was that? That was the book going <laughs> in <immediately. laughs> What the hell? Uh, Guys. If you want
1: to buy one of these, you can't. You can't. Although, Although if you want to give us $2,000, you can have one. Yeah. If you, yeah, if you donate enough money,
0: <laughs> Squarespace hit us up. <laughs> Then we might be able to make some merch. Maybe we'll make some merch. Maybe we'll make some merch. Maybe some hats. Maybe, oh I, hat. Maybe I, I am cheeky enough T-shirt. Oh, yeah. Know. I've
1: got my uh, my Christmas present from Sean and Rach on. The I am Knuff shirt. Uh, don't come after me, Mattel. Yep. Um, That's John, genuine. You've got a lovely cricket themed shirt. Yes, I also got it for Christmas from my children. Nice. And Sean has the greatest Buccaneers jersey of all time. <laughs> <I> do-
2: <laughs> Pretty sure that just went out of my frame, did you? <laughs> yeah, it. it hit me in the arm. <laughs> I hope I hope that got caught. Anyway,
0: Happy Honey, New Year's Eve, children! It is Happy New Year's Eve. Actually, mm-hmm. I think Merry Christmas.
1: The release of this episode is this January second.
0: Cool. So Happy January second, everybody! <laughs> it's twenty twenty four. Oh, it's Ooh, the future! Oh, It's the future. John's just placing our John's new got pens. His pen, our present from Rachel. Cheeky Tail's got a Christmas present. We got these stubby coolers. And our pens from from my wife, Rachel. She thank you, Rachel. Thank you, Rachel, even though Top. she's never watched any of the YouTube. Oh, no. Thank, thank you, Rachel. I'll take my thanks back then. Anyway, it's Medley of Madness time. <sighs> you start like holding it like <laughs> in the beer ads or they sort of hold it like this. Yeah. Can,
2: <laughs> just, this is how I <laughs> always drink beer. This is how I talk. Just with my just, hands up yeah, above my hands like hands this. I always yeah. hold my drink I always this hold high. my drink this high. That's how
0: I know it's, <laughs> it's near me. Anyway. It's the medley of madness, and I guess we should play the intro. Yeah, I guess oh, yeah. we should play the intro. Play the intro. Play the intro. Roll the track.
1: All right, that was the intro.
2: You can play the good- intro on the TV. We could play. I'm not no, going to do that. Let's and not we- do that. It yeah. took
1: us about twenty minutes to just get to get that, get that to work, and, and that's just
2: a... Sp-
0: Screen, that's a frame from an episode, yeah. And that's purely because my camera can see it, yeah.
2: (laughs) Is there a cityscape in the background of that? There is, it's Brisbane. Is it beautiful? Awesome. Where's the lipstick tower? Where's the
1: lipstick tower? It's actually a shot of the story
0: bridge. Nice, it is. Anyway, I'm so glad someone noticed that. (laughs) Medley of Madness time, boys. Medley of Madness 2. Electric Boogaloo.
2: Chamber of Secrets. The two towers. A Lord of the Rings reference, Sean. <laughs> I,
0: appreciate, I appreciate that. <laughs> okay. So um, as with last year, I've got a series of sort of- The madness strikes back. The madness strikes back. I like that. Um, I've got a series of of, of <laughs> topics to to ask you guys about. Um, that's funnier. No, just leave it on that. It's All right. Um, yeah. <laughs> Anyway, have got a series of topics. <laughs> Sean's going to get creepier and creepier as it zooms in. Yeah. Um, as with last year, divided into <coughs> themes. I, have, I love the theme episode. I have one less theme than last year. Last year, we had, obviously, um, ancient history, modern mysteries, sporting wonders, and, of course, Aaron's blunders. I'm not happy about that stuff. Yeah, so this year, I've tried to keep it a bit more legitimate. So, our three themes for today are feats of strength, the power of the mind, Ooh. And unbreakable spirit. I don't know how to do a pantomime of that, so that's okay. Ah, so I guess we should just uh kick it off with the first topic. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's go, John. Do it, do it, do it. John, tell us everything mm. you know about Eddie Hall's infamous five hundred kilogram deadlift in two thousand and sixteen.
2: Oh, is this the one uh was it at a championship? And I feel like I I've, I've seen the video, if it's the one I'm thinking of, where he's lifted, what did you say, 500 kilos, mm-hmm. dropped it, and then immediately like passed out and nose bled. That's the one. So mm-hmm. it, is it still current world record?
0: So the world record with weightlifting is a, is a really constant dispute because they talk about like, oh, it wasn't the right bar or the right type. Because there's oh. bars that allow you to lift more weight. And then there's legitimate bars. Yeah, right. They should realistically both be legitimate, but powerlifters get How cranky. How can the bar matter? Oh, powerlifters get really cranky. It's like, oh, it wasn't the right weights and the right kind of bar. Because obviously you need a certain size bar to be able to put that many yeah. plates on there. 500 kilograms is a is a lot of weight. When, That's a crap load of weight. It's half a ton. When yeah. they measure the weight, does it include the bar? Always includes the it's bar. It's almost okay. three
2: quarters of an hour Yeah.
0: It's almost three quarters of an aron. It's pretty wild. So, yeah, Eddie Hall I'm in 2016, um, he went blind, <laughs> had blood coming That's out right, of his yeah. nose, his tear ducts. Um, yeah, it Just the amount of blood pressure. Fuck. Oh, it was absolutely wild. He thought he was going to die. Like yeah. he was, he was, he's part. It, so,
2: when he lifted it- There's video. I've seen the video. It's, yep. Blood pours out of his nose. second attempt
0: too? I think it was his second. Oh, no. I think it was his first attempt. Yeah. Oh, okay. But he's lifted lots of heavyweights before. And like some people since then have done a little bit more, like Hapthor Bjornsson has lifted lots of weight, but- it's just the fact that it was the first moment where somebody lifted that much weight and just how crazy it was. Arnie was there. Everybody was there. Who did you there. say was the other one? Oh, the, I can't pronounce his name correctly. The guy, but He's that, the guy that plays The Mountain the in mountain, Game, Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones yeah. Yeah. He's, the, he's Eddie Hall's biggest competitor. Yeah. yeah, he's lifted, but same again, right? So his record is with a different bar in a different location. Yeah. So, Powerlift is a. Like that. i've actually
2: watched quite a few eddie hall videos i kind of i find him quite funny oh he's, he's great he's, he's very really, entertaining if he's you a get, very entertaining guy eddie hall if you ever come across this we're happy to have you on the show come on we'll have a chat um yeah i find he's very entertaining yeah um he does a lot of things where he'll go to someone who's an expert in his field and be like can the world's strongest man do this yeah the, he's fantastic. The latest one I watched, he was doing like Scottish Highlander games mm-hmm. where he was like doing the bale of hay toss and like throwing stuff over there. And like he was doing it right because he's so strong. But yeah. doesn't he have an eating YouTube channel? Um, he might do. I'm not really sure. He does a lot of gym react videos as well. I've seen yes. him and another fellow doing gym react. Yeah, like just gym reacts. Yeah, people doing just stupid things in
0: the gyms. He then dropped crap loads of weight for that boxing match against Hapthor Beyonce. I can't pronounce it. Yeah. I'm just going to call him Thor. Um, for his the boxing mountain. Match. just the, say mountain, the, mountain. the mountain. Yeah. He he yeah, he dropped heaps of weight for a boxing match against him, which was yeah. pretty impressive. And his boxing technique, like
2: I'm not a boxing expert by any measure. I like it. It's interesting.
0: But he looked he looked pretty looked oh, pretty I would fresh. assume
2: his technique would be the same as um what was that other big fella that um, Butter what Butterbean? Butter Butterbean. <laughs> 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 Butterbean was
0: just fat. Yeah well
2: <laughs> he, was. That? He, was.
0: <laughs> he was that he was a big fella. He had a good record. Yeah, so, yeah, Eddie Hall. So, he was out the back and he he passed out on stage and after explaining that he'd blacked out immediately after the lift and then again when he was backstage, he said, it was at this point I realised I was actually going blind. I lost the vision in the centre of my eye and I couldn't see. It was like an eye arc effect and that's when I got really scared. I remember laying down on my back and staring at the ceiling at this horrible hallway behind the arena, just staring at this commercial ceiling with all the air ducts and everything and I thought, this is where I'm going to die. Yes, yeah, this is where Eddie wow. Hall dies. People speed of strength. Like Oh, amazing. Like, it's like one and a half minis. That's crazy. Like I, I I we've all been to the gym and tried to lift heavy things at some point in our life. And you think like the heaviest thing you can lift, like that that's crazy. I think the heaviest thing I lift was I Over a thousand half kilo blocks of cheese.
1: <laughs> How long have you been working that out? <laughs> About a minute. it's yeah, <laughs> Long enough. Um so I think yeah. the heaviest you know what thing we didn't mention is the hats. Because the last time we had the hats was the first medley. Yes, it was. We didn't have camera then, so
0: nobody. No, we knows didn't about have camera. No right. like, oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, dear <laughs> listeners and avid fans of of the podcast, these are the infamous hats that we didn't get in time for the cricket last year. Um, Aaron hasn't really worn his since. I wear mine at volleyball every week, where I can remember it. And John wears his at cricket. Yeah, this is my fielding hat. Yeah, <laughs> we were supposed to wear these to the, uh, the the most amazing
1: day of cricket last year, and. Um, we, inte- we instead got them for,
0: like, two episodes later. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on to our next topic in the Medley of Madness. Aaron, tell me what you know about Herbert Nitsch. Herbert Nitsch. Herbert Was Nitsch. He the? Is he the diving one? He is the diving guy,
1: yes. Yeah. yeah. So, he's got multiple world records in all different varieties of free diving. He competed in, like- sanctioned tournaments for a while and was really good. And then he decided to go no limits, baby. And uh, become like a just no rules, dive as deep as you can, diver. Got heaps of records in that as well. I think he's still the world record holder for deepest dive at like 240 something meters. 253.2 meters. Wild. But <laughs> was that the one Nine that he got minutes. injured on? I think he
0: did get injured on that particular one. Where are we?
1: Yeah, he got decompression sickness. And, like, suffered a bunch of strokes and stuff.
0: Yeah. Got nitrogen in the brain. Ten minutes after the dive, he experienced serious symptoms of decompression sickness. He temporarily fell asleep due to nitrogen narcosis during the last part of the ascent, as opposed to through oxygen starvation. And he woke up prior to reaching the surface. Following a planned post-dive decompression, breathing medical oxygen at a shallow depth, he signaled to his support team that he felt much weaker than normal, and his condition was assessed as critical enough to require an air transfer to a pre-alerted decompression chamber in Athens. He got multiple brain strokes due to severe decompression sickness and subsequently received extensive decompression treatment.
2: Yeah. Stroke is just a blood clot. So you can have a blood clot in the heart. It's technically a heart attack. Stroke's in the brain, isn't
1: it?
0: Yes, it is in the brain.
2: Yep.
1: Wait, is a heart
0: attack just a heart stroke? No, a heart attack is a... Well, sort of. It's a it's a, blockage. it's a blockage.
2: Yeah, and a stroke is a blockage a is in the brain.
0: Brain blockage. But a heart attack right. is a heart attack, and, and a cardiac arrest are different. different. Yeah, different. I'm not going to. I'd have to ask Rachel about that. But yeah, they're they're different sort of things.
2: All heart attacks. Would we'll ask her if she watched the show. Was cheeky
0: in the title. Shouldn't be talking medical. <laughs> all all heart attacks. are cardiac <laughs> arrests. not all cardiac
2: arrests are heart attacks. New hospital right. sitcom. Cheeky medical.
1: Cheeky medical time. <laughs> I'm trying oh. to restart his heart, but all I have is this clown nose. <laughs>
0: the initial prognosis- Laughter for- is the best medicine. The initial prognosis for Herbert was that he would need home care and be <laughs> unable to walk without assistance. However, through extensive rehab, he made a strong recovery and he still has balance and coordination problems on land, but he doesn't get him
2: underwater. So yeah, he's that's still so di- funny. he's still deep dive. wow <laughs>
1: Crazy. I think if I almost died like that, I'm not doing it. Yeah, I'm not getting again. in the
2: water again. No, 253.2 meters deep. Speaking of the water, I did see a video today. I think it was like the number one watch video from the year. Mm. A guy on his kayak and a tiger shark just comes out of nowhere and bites the side of his kayak. Oh, yeah. I haven't seen a lot of that this year. Mm. Just like
1: people on a, a like those stand-up paddle boards mm-hmm. and like an orca swimming underneath them, or like
2: no, this this yeah. tiger shark comes out and bites the side of the kayak. Yeah. Doesn't do any damage to him or the guy, but just- And the guy's like, holy crap. <clears throat> yeah, that would be a bit, bit spook. Mm. All right. Third and final topic in the feats of strength category. Mm-hmm. John,
0: mm-hmm. tell us what you know about Lauren Cornacki.
2: Lauren Cornacki is the woman who lifted a car. Mm-hmm. You know this story, boy? Yes. She uh, went out to see her father who was being pinned by a car and just instinctively grabbed the wheel, wheel lifted it up and then held it up with one hand. And the other hand dragged her father out. Uh, I believe she was. That's wild. Was Imagine she knew- just
1: seeing that. Like you're in your front room. You're like, yeah. what's going on out there? Was she <laughs> She's a, a car?
2: guarded like a local pool. Well, she knew CPR anyway. It was then able to then provide CPR to a father, and her father survived. Ridiculous! Lifted a car. Was, a, was it? A, it was a BMW. It was a BMW. Nineteen ninety-five mm-hmm. BMW. That's extremely specific, and I can't tell you (laughs) exactly
0: what year it is, but a- um, It's
1: pretty suspicious that we know all these details. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's
2: insane. Um, Yeah, the car slipped off the jack and and crushed him while he was uh, working on the wheel well or something like that. Yeah, she lifted the car. Just the power of adrenaline surging through the body. Mm -hmm. It's amazing, like, just how much strength can be summoned up Mm. from just
0: absolutely nowhere. It's freaking awesome. Mm. I wonder the damage that does. Because, like, if you could just do
1: that all the time, that would be great. Yeah. But obviously, it has some negative effect.
0: Oh, adrenaline has, like, we're getting medical. Uh-oh. Oh no, just lifting that affects? weight. Like,
2: um, I remember what I was going to say before. The heaviest weight I think I've lifted is I've piggybacked two people. And do you remember Josh Petrie? Mm. It was, he was one of them. And one of the Young Life kids was the other. And I could feel my shin bones bowing out. I'm like- have to hop off, <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, not. N- I did it. Didn't feel great. Wouldn't have felt great. No. And this story, mm. um, there's another guy I, I watch reels of. He reenacts um, medical emergencies. He must be like a first responder for f- fires or something like that in America. Big bald guy, and it was actually very similar to this. Um, he, he like he plays all the parts as. And he rocks up, he goes, oh, you you called, you know, fire and rescue, you've called for a chest pain. The guy goes, yeah, I don't, yeah, I got bad chest pain. Don't feel real good. He's like, you don't look good. Uh, like, are you having trouble breathing? And there's like a friend. He's like, yeah, no, he he only started having chest pain after the car squished him, like pancaked his ribs. And the guy's like, what? "What, Sir, can you lift up your shirt? And he lifts up his shirt. It's so like a massive bruise. And the, like another fire and rescue, like, oh, crap. What do you want to do? And the guy's like, drive really fast. Like, we yeah. need to get this guy hospital, to hospital. now. Hospital. Yeah. So he's been, yeah.
1: He only started having chest pains after the car <laughs> fell on him.
2: Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. That's a bit weird. Same thing. Jack slipped off. Look, if you're working under your car, um, don't use a mobile jack or one of the get proper stabilized jacks if you're working under your car. And if you have a friend named Jack, don't let him lift your car. (laughs) As soon as you
0: lift that car up, you place the stationary jack under the frame. It can't be toppled and then weigh it down. Incompressible jack.
2: Yep. I've been squished by a car. Have you? Have I told this story? No. Uh, The old Mini I have in- um, John has two Minis. I have two Minis. I have a new one. A 2000, and, well, not new. It's a like double years, mini John. It's 18 years old. So it was a 2005, but I've got an old style 1974 as well. And when I was moving it from my mum and dad's house to my house, we were trying to get it enough that we we're able to tow it. So you get power into it so we can run lights, brake lights, and all that kind of thing like that. At this point, there was no head on the engine. It was just cylinder. The head had been removed. And so we had like a battery charger. Um, plugged on because the batteries are in the boot, plugged in the back, charging the batteries and electronics. And I was in the f- front of the car, like cleaning the um, old fuses. And something, I don't know what happened, but something happened where the car just started turning over like it was trying to start. So I'm watching the cylinders go up and down. The car's in gear as it's slowly roof, roof, going forward to, towards me. And I'm in front of it pushing like holding it push trying to push it back and the house is directly behind me it got to the point where it the front bumper was actually squishing my legs between the car and the thing while this well, i'm still watching the cylinders go up and down and i'm yelling at my dad because dad was helping at the time dad dad and he's kind of walked around the corner like what the f are you yelling for oh crap and he's <laughs> trying to like grab grab the car to hold it back i'm like don't try and pull it, disconnect the battery. Don't try and pull it. Yeah, he's trying to pull it back. And it, my dad's like 75 at this time. No, he like, didn't even lift it off you. No, nah, couldn't lift it off me. So, yeah, I just like, just disconnect the battery. As soon as you disconnect the battery, it stopped. But, yeah, it was pinning me up against the wall. Yeah, it must have been the starter motor turning over. Must though. have been, yeah. Something had shorted yeah. where the starter motor just kicked into action and just started driving this thing forward. It was real freaky. That car's now name is called Christine after the Stephen King book. Oh, Nice. Spooky. Hmm. The ghost car. Okay. Multiple car squishing stories. Now that completes our Feats of Strength segment of the podcast. I wasn't very strong in that story. I did not push my car back. That's okay. Oh, hell no, man. Anyway. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Sean's got sound. Oh, no, I've got my
0: soundboard back. but I, Don't oh, know if they sound good. Don't what, know if damn. they sound good, but it's better than last year because there's no uh, crazy delay that we used to have. Big shack. Oh, that's. Yeah, let's not do Big Shack. That's a little bit... Oh, uh, yeah. Um, anyway. One plus two. Um, what is it? Two
2: plus, plus two one one is four, four. Minus one, one that's, that's three, three quick, quick maths. It. it is
0: Wednesday, my dudes. <laughs> Still one of my favorite stupid ass vines. Anyway. Can I, Can I pet that dog? Gotta oh, pet that dog? I want to pet that dog. That is the best. Can <laughs> yeah. I pet that dog?
2: Let me pet that dog. Oh, so moving good. on.
0: Moving on to power of the mind. <clears throat> so... The human mind is, is, is pretty crazy. It doesn't have to be someone thinking about something for a long time and then, you know, coming up with something smart. It can just simply be the, the maximum capacity of a human's brain that we don't even know that we can use all of it. And a really good example of that is the way that how people with certain medical uh, mental disabilities have somehow access to different parts of their brain that other people don't have so Are you about a great way. Rain Man? Yeah, the great way to kick it off is Kim Peek. Aaron, why don't you tell us about Kim Peek?
1: The real Rain Man. The real
0: Rain Man. So Kim Peek,
2: What? <laughs> what? That's true. I'm oh, sorry. Sorry. What's so funny? <laughs> I'm just thinking of the um who was the actor that played Rain Man? Dustin oh, Hoffman. Dustin Hoffman. Hoffman. And maybe another movie that has nothing to do with it, Tropic Thunder. Just uh, <laughs> uh, Oh, no. no, no, no. No, that's okay. that's
0: too many cringe things uh, in that one. That's,
2: that's why I didn't say it, but you forced Robert, it out of me.
0: i, I got to watch Tropic Thunder now. Cut, yeah. Have
2: you not seen Tropic Thunder? Yes, I have. Sorry, 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 have you not seen Tropic Thunder? Yes, I have uh, seen Tropic Thunder. When was the last
0: time you watched it?
1: Oh, oh, 10 years ago, maybe more. <laughs>
2: Okay. I just want to watch Tropic Thunder again so I can yeah, see- Yeah, too. I love that movie. Robert yeah. Downey Jr. Junior. is coming back to the MCU as Kang the Conqueror. Robert Downey Jr.
0: playing Australian white man playing an like African-American, African-American American black man. <laughs> black man. The, yeah,
1: so <laughs> There's too many layers. How did they get away with I that? Don't I don't know. Because Blackface back Back- Blackface. Blackface hasn't been okay no. for
0: ages. No. And yet that movie is
1: all blackface. I yes. know exactly
0: who I am. I'm a dude
2: playing another dude
0: playing another dude. It's kind of, I guess, because it's making fun of blackface as a as a phenomenon as well, yeah. potentially. I don't know. It's- We're way
2: off topic. We're way <laughs> off topic. Anyway,
0: Kim Peek. What
2: do you mean, you people? What do you mean, you people? Cut it. <laughs> Cut That's it. so good.
1: So I actually don't know all that much about Kim Peek. I okay. just know that he was a savant. I don't know what that term actually means, but Mm -hmm. uh, he was incredibly intelligent, um, socially awkward. They believed at the time it was autism, but apparently it's not. Um, But he could do things like walk up to people on the street and just be like, hey, what day were you born? And they'd say 23rd of December or something. And he would go- That's a Tuesday. That that was a Wednesday. Um, Yeah, so- uh, he he was met by the person that wrote the script for Rain Man, and so the character of Rain Man is based on him.
0: That's correct. So Kim Peek um, was born in Salt Lake City, uh, and he was born with uh, it's hard to pronounce with um, macrocephaly, cephaly, which is a condition in which the circumference of the human head is abnormally large. It may be pathological oh, or you harmless, got that. but can be. <laughs> Familiar genetic characteristics. <laughs> I was about to shout out Mitch Lewis, but- <laughs> Yeah, damage to his cerebellum and agnesis of the corpus callosum, which is a rare birth defect in which there is a complete or partial absence of the corpus callosum. Oh, got him. It occurs when the development of the corpus callosum, the band of the white matter connecting two hemispheres of the brain, is disrupted. So, effectively, his two hemispheres were- I Like, independent. They were independent, which led to one of his- probably most amazing skills is he would read a book by reading the oh, left yes. page with his left eye and the right, right page, page with his right eye. Wow. He claimed to have memorized. Well, they reckon that he accurately could recall the contents of at least 12,000 books. He From
1: what I, from what I know,
0: incredible human, incredible
1: human.
2: Mm. Didn't they rate his IQ at something like 85? Oh, some like it 87. Like, yeah. Yeah. 87. The social aspects and all that kind yeah. of thing.
0: Yeah. But it was
2: uh, considered not to be a
0: valid measure of his actual cognitive um, ability. He and it seemed
2: like he wasn't like he wasn't a super weird guy. No, yeah. Could he? Um, did he actually like win money? Like in the like? No, I don't th- think so. did he actually? No, they he they, didn't they go to a casino. That
0: they took for the movie artistic license yeah, okay. for it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, he was quite an amazing man. Apparently, according to his father, he was able to memorize things from the age of about 16 to 20 months old, which is really not very old at all. He read books, memorized them, and then put them upside down on the shelf to show that he'd finished reading them, a practice that he maintained all throughout his life. He could speed through a book in an hour and a half, remember almost everything he'd ever read, and vast amounts of information in subjects ranging from history, literature, geography, numbers, sports, music, and dates.
2: It takes me like a year and a half to read a book, not Mm -hmm. an hour and a half. Yeah.
0: He lived in Murray, Utah, and spent a considerable amount of time reading at the Salt Lake City Library and demonstrating his capabilities at schools with great help from his father. Yeah, he was quite an amazing man.
1: Yeah. R.I.P. Is he, he dead? passed away in 2009. He passed away in 2009
2: huh. at the age of yeah. 58 years old. Are you going to attempt to read a book? No. <laughs> uh, is this the book you're currently reading, boy? It is, yes. Classic, War of the Worlds. Yeah. And other tales. In 2000- I thought that said and cheeky does.
0: In 2004, uh, they did some work at the NASA Ames Research Center examining PEAK with a series of tests, including computed tomography, a CT scan, uh, and and MRI. So NASA was was doing it? Yeah. With the dolphins? Well, the scientists at the Center for Bioinformatics (laughs) Space Life Sciences at the NASA Ames Research Center. What year did you say? 2004? 2004.
1: So they were busy not saving the people on uh, Columbia.
0: That's correct. So, <laughs> Challenger, um, Columbia. They were the first. Throwing shade. The idea was to create a three dimensional view of his brain structure and compare it to MRIs performed in 1988, like when he was a lot younger. Um, in 2008, a study that, uh, another study concluded that he probably had a, syn- a symptom called, or he probably had FG syndrome, which is a rare genetic syndrome caused by one or more recessive genes located on the X chromosome, which cause physical and development abnormalities. Which is cr- crazy, like it, it mm. like so, so in, incomparably rare. And then mm. through all of that, he managed to obviously survive, walk, talk, yeah, do all these different things, and just be an amazing human, mm-hmm. an absolutely fantastic person. All right, that's one aspect of the unlimited power that a brain can have. How about something where someone put their mind to it and just did it? John, do you know who Gustav Mahler is? Uh, music composer.
2: He is a music composer. Do you know
0: anything about the eighth symphony that he wrote?
2: Uh, the only real thing I know about it is that it's sometimes called like the, is it Symphony of Th- the Thousands? Yes, it is sometimes As- called the Symphony of a Thousand.
0: I didn't know you knew all that much
2: about symphonies. Shut up, boy. It's crazy. <laughs> I don't even know that much. It's just one thing. What are you talking about? It's the oh. one thing. Hey,
0: Marla was, what a- Captain Holt, call him in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. He was the original, oh, the original punk, punk rocker. Yeah. yeah. The original
2: punk rocker. Oh, that just made me sad. Yeah. Yeah. Was Andre. Andre Brawl, yeah. yeah he recently passed away. He did recently We've been away. watching Brooklyn
0: Nine-Nine yep. in, uh, in tribute. Finished it again.
1: Just such a
2: good character. Mm. Really played well. Uh, yeah. I was listening to it this morning, actually. <laughs> Had a little bit of a cheeky listen. A little bit of a cheeky listen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: Cheeky listen's coming soon.
2: Just because just I was forewarned of
0: a certain topic. <laughs> so Mahler, Gustav Mahler wrote this entire symphony in less than a month, which is quite an achievement considering he had a piano and paper and pen. <laughs> like It wasn't like a computer where you could utilize yeah, lots yeah, yeah. of different writing software. And it's one of the largest scale choral works in the classical
2: concert repertoire. It's
1: made of choral? Yes. He means. So he's writing
2: all the lines and then kind of like playing them in his head. Yep. As he's going to make sure it's in your head. Um, head. (laughs) Zombie Symphony. Symphony. Yeah, that's heaps better.
0: (laughs) Oh, dear.
1: Was it it bittersweet? (laughs) No.
0: That's terrible. (laughs) Although the work is not normally presented with a thousand actual performers, it does require a really Mm. huge. Amount so of musicians.
2: Are you able to explain to me Yes, the difference between a symphony? Yes.
0: Uh,
1: a
2: movement? Um, well, what's the some usually of one
1: comes from your bowels.
2: The other term. I'm ignoring you.
1: I'm cutting Some that. of the uh,
2: <laughs> the other terms. Uh, what's it? I like always see with symphonies another terminology used. I can't think of it right now. Yeah.
0: So, the actual... Definition of the word symphony is kind of weird. It just means a musical composition with right. complex sounds. And they are made up of movements. But generally speaking, a symphony is made up of, of movements. Movements are within a, mm-hmm. a symphony. But generally it's a performed using a full classical repertoire yeah. orchestra versus other forms of music which are performed with smaller ensembles, even solo instruments. So a great example is a concerto could be – Sim, you know is similar to a symphony it's played with a full-scale orchestra but a concerto features a solo instrument throughout it so nice. you know um you know uh, beethoven's concerto series which is an orchestra and the piano is the main mm-hmm. instrument that plays throughout it a symphony is a grand piece yep. that has multiple movements and sections within it where the symphony orchestra plays its music how good is it to watch the conductors drink those as well? That's oh, crazy. That's wild. <laughs> it's completely unnecessary, I reckon, half the thing they're 100%, doing. 100%, but... 100%. So when you're reading your music and trying to play, they always say, you've got to watch the conductor, you've got to watch the conductor. You're trying to read at the same time. The bigger his movements are and the way he moves his arms, you're seeing in your peripheral vision. It's sort of like if I'm holding yeah, it's my for, It's for the
2: here, loudness and stuff. Yeah. I? I get it. I have played, you know.
0: A... Yeah. So it's very handy when they're doing all of that movement. John used
2: to toot his horn. You yes, can react. A a trumpeter, A trumpeteer. Did we all play in- We did, yeah. Yeah.
1: There you
2: go. I don't think we can make a band with drums, trumpet, and bagpipes, but- <laughs> Why couldn't you? Why couldn't you? Why couldn't you? Uh, could. Whatever. Between
0: Aaron's house and my house, we have enough instruments to make a band.
2: Yeah, well, I can only play one. That's all right. You don't have to play it good. Oh, Okay. From now I can sp- play any instrument if I don't have to play it
0: good. Exactly. From my spare <laughs> from my spare room, John, you have access to one of five guitars, one of four ukuleles, a bass, a soprano trombone, which is like a trumpet but has a little slide. Mm. Uh, can't pi- play it. Can't play it. A piano accordion. I can play all of these things. I cannot make music with Dun- them. We're, we're set. Aaron's got some drums. I've got a kalimba for Christmas from my mother. He doesn't play drums. Yeah. You shut your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't play
1: them i haven't played in a long time still got the drums though
2: dear so yeah he uh, created a symphony with a 1000 pieces just
0: pen and paper with a lot of a lot of yeah a lot of musicians and it's quite cool. it's quite amazing um yeah he wrote it ridiculously in fast in a month
2: it seems ridiculous yeah mm.
0: he pretty much just locked himself away when he wrote it um it just overtook his entire life and he just focused so heavily on it and allowed him to produce this massive piece of music by just locking himself away putting his mind to it you know how many other musicians like oh I'm gonna lock myself in a cabin and write music for a month and they come out with like four or five songs of a man crying with a guitar maybe and I'm not specifically attacking Justin Vernon here from Bonnevere but like that first album is, is pretty slow and dreary even if it's beautiful versus Gustav Mahler who wrote a piece of music that was so big that the, f- the first time he performed it um there was a 20 minute standing ovation at the end because he can he had a pennant for conducting as well so yep. he conducted this piece of music at its debut and they clapped wow. and cheered for, for, 20, for minutes. 20 minutes yes I
1: can't imagine being so excited by something my like hands would stop. be so sore yeah. at the end
2: of 20 minutes
1: you'd have to take a, a little break
2: <laughs> intermission in the applause yeah.
0: We'll just take a brief <laughs> five-minute intermission in this applause and we'll be back. It was performed at uh, part of the German Museum now, which is the Hall, which is now part Feste of the- Hall. It's now part of the transportation section at the German Museum. Um, it had a capacity of 3,200 people. And uh, they conned the nickname, the Symphony of a Thousand, to try and sell tickets. Mm. Um, yeah, nice. Even though there wasn't a thousand musicians. But there was a lot because they, they, when you see a particularly large orchestra, you're like, oh, damn, that's actually-
2: That's pretty big. It's it's got to be like a thousand people there. Hmm. As you walk in to take your place in the audience, you're just giving an an instrument and a sheet of um, music paper. (laughs) Wouldn't that be an art piece? You go to watch music play and you're part of the trademark me. Cheeky sounds. As the final (laughs) chords died away, there was a short pause
0: before a huge outbreak of applause, which lasted for 20 minutes. Back at his hotel, Gustav Mahler received a letter from Thomas Mann, which referred to the composer as the man who, as I believe, expresses the art of our time in its profoundest and most sacred form. Okay. It's 85 minutes long, the original performance. One album. performance. Yep. And wow. it was the last time that Mahler conducted a premiere of one of his own works.
2: I had to play a trumpet for 85 minutes. My lips would be numb. He died eight months later. Oh, jeez. Oh. Mm-hmm. That That's took sad. a sad
1: turn.
0: Yeah. Yep. Hey, look. Ships, boats, Boston, Boston, Boston. Boston. That was a bit loud. Good clap, Aaron. Yo, last aspect of power of the mind. Talking about this one comprehension, really (laughs) comprehension of the world around us, simply seeing something. Yeah, and being like, What the higgity heck is that? Uh, Tell us about Isaac Newton, Isaac Newts, Mr. Apple himself. Screw you, Steve Jobs.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, look, I don't, I don't know.
0: Oh my god! This soundboard John's playing is playing the wrong soundboard. This is the worst soundboard. This is just terrible. Anyway, I, 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 should really, you know, actually get better at this. Emotional damage. Anyway, moving on.
1: All right. Um, so Isaac Newton uh, was it Oxford that he was at, or was it Cam- No, it was Cambridge. 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 So he apparently wasn't particularly great at his studies to begin with. Um, But then something that might sound familiar, there was a plague uh, and Cambridge (laughs) shut down for two years and he had to stay home. Uh, And he just came up with this little theory called gravity uh, and another one called calculus uh, and another one which I don't remember. Um, But yeah, he basically... Invented gravity before that, everyone was floating around. Mm -hmm. Um, It's
2: funny you say that. My eldest, was it this morning? He said he dropped something and went, Damn you, Isaac Newton, for inventing gravity. No, he didn't. He he did. did. He literally said 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 that this morning. He He 100%, that's why I was laughing. He 100% said that. I'll I'll take
1: things that didn't happen for 100 things. (laughs) Call Kirsty now. I don't know if she
2: heard it 100% happened. Call William
0: then. Call the other kids. Call all of them.
2: But oh, I would speaker. call him. Give me a phone. I'll, I'll call him. <laughs> yeah, we,
1: none of us have phones. <laughs> um, aside Discord? from that, uh, he later in life ended up becoming like the commissioner of the Royal Mint or some role at the Royal Mint. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he had a really, really interesting battle with a guy that was forging coins, um, which will be an episode at some point. Yeah, I think
0: Isaac Newton definitely deserves his own episode. It was a- mm. He turned into a crazy- Turned into
1: a madman at the end. Yeah,
0: but yeah, famous for inventing gravity.
1: He basically changed the the worldview that um, the sun was the center of the universe to be like everything's moving around.
2: Mm.
0: Just from observing, like well, this is a time where people Observation. Just, yeah they just observed the world around them and came up mm. with concepts. Like same with all the guys that mapped out the stars and the planets and the galaxies. They had no idea any of that was there. And did the, you, yeah. And they were right.
2: Did you mention what he observed? How he observed gravity? You oh, he talked about the apple? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I don't know if that's true. Yeah. That, but he did also create the first telescope.
2: He did. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. That's cool. Yeah. In
0: 1666, Isaac Newton observed that the spectrum of colours exiting a prism in the position of minimum deviation is oblong. Yeah. He created the album cover for Pink Floyd. Mm. Among that- uh, even that when the light ray comes from a prism yeah. is circular, which is to say the prism refracts different colours by different angles, this led to him to conclude that colour is a proprietary intrinsic to light, a point which had until then just been a matter of debate.
2: Was that the Dark Side of the Moon album cover? Not yes. quite.
0: But yeah. That's the prism. That's the prism, yeah. yeah.
2: Man, Isaac Newton, super duper What a cool. guy. Yeah. You're watching. We're, we're, we'd like to have you on the show as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And Get plotter. the Ouija board out. we got a crime to solve. Interestingly,
0: <laughs> interestingly, though, do you know where Isaac Newton is buried? Uh, is it in... Gimpy. No, it's, isn't it in Westminster? Definitely in Gimpy. No, it's in Westminster Abbey. Yeah. He is buried... How did you know that boy? He's buried I actually with King. Oh, no, come on. I knew that before the research that I did this morning. And it wasn't definitely not from the Vinci Code.
2: Because <laughs> they, they talk uh, about it in the Divinity Code. I will Code. take things that aren't true for 150. <laughs>
1: Well, I did know the plague thing beforehand. Okay.
2: Very cool.
0: Anyway. Powers of the mind. Pretty spectacular stuff.
2: Yeah. You've got unbridled- Aaron just demonstrated his power, the power of his mind with all that Isaac Newton information. John and I have been savanting this whole episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: well, last year, you guys didn't know diddly about anything. It was We like did so. Three we sec- knew a bit. A, a little bit. I remember most of them just being like, never heard of that. Yeah, never heard of that. when We had to talk about it. All right, now we're going to move on to unbreakable spirit moments or even lifetimes of a person being so strong that they can overcome the uh, the atrocities and the hardships that are placed in front of them. by nice gest- of you to do another
1: segment about me. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Let's kick it off <laughs> with something near and dear to the heart of Cheeky Tales listeners. Everybody has heard of Mount Everest and the Mount Everest disaster. We did a great episode on it. But- who initially climbed Mount Everest? Well, that depends. Who initially summited Mount Everest? Well, that still depends. It's not depends. I well, we don't know if Mallory and his mate made it up there.
2: I was under the assumption it was uh, Edmund
0: Hillary. Correct. So Edmund Hillary from?
2: New Zealand. He's from New Zealand. He's, oh, on, yes, the five, he's, he's, he's on, on the $5 Z- dollar Z- note. Yeah. Yeah. Um, did you mention him in your episode? Uh, I think we- I yeah, think we talked about I mentioned him, him it was, and said it'll be another episode. Yeah, it was him and a- uh, Tenzing
1: he had a,
0: Norgay. Correct. Tenzing yeah.
1: Norgay. Who almost a, did it- Tibetan-
2: Like the year before as well. Yeah. With a Swedish Sherpa. group. He's a Sherpa. Tell us more about- Sherpa. Oh, he climbed a mountain. He stayed up there for 15 minutes and come home. That's what happened. He climbed a mountain. We've been over Everest. Well, I haven't been over Everest. So Edmund Hillary has. Yes. We're talking about like- This is in an era where people didn't
0: have the modern technology that they have. You don't know what year it was? It was 1953.
1: You know, I actually just listened to an episode of a podcast about Edmund Hillary and Tending Norgay's What would you like
0: to take over then, Aaron? Not really.
1: I know more about, like, the efforts around it than
0: about him. Yeah, the efforts around it are, frankly... The reason I didn't do an episode on it because I thought about doing it, it was just it's just numbers and times. Yeah. It it really wasn't particularly interesting. The the interesting thing is that um there's the
1: potential that somebody summited in like the twenties.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tell us about that then. Yeah. So hey. it,
1: was a, it was a guy called Mallory and I think a guy called Irving or Irvine. Um, don't put that up there. You will knock it off in seconds and then I'll have smashed
2: glass all over the floor. Insulated by this lovely Cheeky um, towels stubby killer.
1: So, this is before they were using, like, oxygen and stuff. Um,
2: Did they ever use oxygen?
1: Yes. Um, they went up in, like, the mid-20s. Um, and they were seen very high on the ridge towards the summit. And then the clouds came in. And then they were never seen again. They died? Um, yes. Uh. Um. One of their bodies was found. I think they found they found some of their climbing equipment like a couple of years later. Yep. Um, in 1953. No. Um, in 19 in 1994, I think it was they found Mallory's body. Oh, really? Um, still pretty well kept. Uh, but it didn't have the camera that they took with them, mm-hmm. and it also didn't have the photo with him that he was going to put on the summit of his wife. So. There's no conclusive evidence that they did or didn't make the summit. Okay. But it's possible that they did. Yeah. In fifty three when Hillary got to the top, he was looking for evidence that they had been there and didn't find anything.
2: Nothing. Yeah. Oh, as if. As if you're gonna find it. As if he's gonna say. Uh I you reckon nah, he I goes, think Oh back crap, then- I'm actually second.
0: Back then, they did actually make an effort to honour the people that had gone before. Especially because at the time of them summoning, there was multiple teams that were going through the process of summoning. Mm -hmm. So, it was a a group effort as much as anything.
2: I know we covered it in our Everest episode, but it keeps popping up on my social media feeds of green boots and and stuff like that. The dead bodies used as markers Mm -hmm. on the summit.
0: I have a client at the barbershop that I talk to from time to time that summited Mount Everest. Oh really? Yeah, he's done lots of different summits. Mm. Um, he said he really didn't enjoy Everest. I've done one. What's that one? Kosciuszko. Yep. Yeah. Mm. Yep. I've done that one. Um, it's very
1: uninteresting. Mm. It's like a three-hour walk on a road,
0: <laughs> and then you're there. Yeah, he said that Mount Everest really was just incredibly right on, a taller mountain just next to you. <laughs> Said it was super underwhelming. It was, he was there that infamous day where they took that photo of everyone just stacked up. Oh, quite right. Quite, yeah, yeah. Like that was his, that was his summoning day. 10 to, or something. Something like that. Yeah. I he, actually
2: did see if there was a video recently of, from the summon of Everest and it looks awesome. Yeah. Mm. And that's as close as I want to get to it. Yep. I don't want to try it. I would die. Cause I think, I think in the video you can like, it's quite easy to see the curvature. Yeah. Of the, it's like, it's really pronounced. Yeah. Mm. So. Again, closest I ever want to get to it, but it was. I'm happy that I've seen the video. Hmm.
0: I worked with a uh, member of the Gurkha Regiment from the British Army, technically Nepalese oh, okay. origin. Um, and yeah, he he summoned a man Everest. We we're chatting about it one day over dinner, and he goes, "Oh yeah, summoned
2: a man Everest." I'm like, "Oh cool, man!" And
0: then pull up some photos. I got some cool photos that he took up
2: there. Super well, sh- nice dude. Shout out to Robobo, you know Robo Andy Roberts cricket team you used to play in uh he recently went and went to base camp mm, I believe. which
0: is still an achievement it's still yeah. pretty hard to get to, to it's, base a, camp. Long hike. it's he a long said, hike yeah, yeah. he said yeah
2: said it was a long hike it was good but yeah he yeah, went to base camp so
0: all right moving on from unbreakable spirit apparently we, we just got into the weeds and the nitty gritty about the about Sir Hillary and Tenzing Norgay anyway we
1: actually didn't talk about we, Edmund at all yeah
0: which is pretty disappointing <laughs> so that's fine sorry we're going to move on now to Nelson Mandela Aaron Mando mhm <laughs> the Mandalorian. That's pretty
1: uh pretty pretty irresponsible to talk about him like that. Do you know he was a communist? What? Yeah. Mandela was a communist for a while. Um so he was born in like the twenties or something. Maybe a bit later than that. Um in South Africa, just before it went like full white supremacist. And they um they did apartheid. Apartheid. Um He spent Quite a lot of his youth uh, studying and then becoming like part of the ANC, um, which was the group that was fighting against apartheid. Um, he ended up going to prison because he was a bit of a terrorist too. Like he did a bit of a uh, bit of bombing and stuff, I think.
2: He's a revolutionary. Yeah.
0: Um,
2: okay. So do you explain the difference between terrorist and revolutionary? Mm-hmm. Is a revolutionary a terrorist who wins? Depends which side Depends you're on. Depends on which side you're on. Yeah, okay. History is <laughs> yeah. determined by the victor. Um, so, yeah. Someone who wins. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, so, he ended up going to prison for 27 years. Uh, he ended up being released by the Prime Minister. Is it the Prime Minister or President? I think it's President. Mm. In like 1990. Um, I, think, I think I remember that. Yeah? I think I remember that. I think I remember it well, being- he would have been uh, about 16 years old in 1990. <laughs> on. So. <laughs> Four got him, yeah, but
2: the- I, I I I remember it. I, it was a just it being a big deal. I didn't fully understand mm. it, but I remember. Yeah, I the remember name princess die and it being a big deal. Yeah, yeah. He, the president released him from prison in mm. yeah.
1: 1990, and then him and the president worked together to organise like the first democratic vote. Yep, the uh,
0: first 1994, the multiracial general election, and
1: then he got voted in. Yep. They started the what was it Truth and Reconciliation Commission to like yes. talk about human rights violations, mm-hmm. um, and it was it's one of the best examples of forgiveness, um, where they said the truth matters more than justice or the truth matters more than punishment. So they offered a whole bunch of people um, amnesty if they came forward and told the whole truth about what happened. Um, in order to just get the truth out there. Um, a whole bunch of people didn't do that and ended up getting prosecuted. Um, but yeah, it got like some of the truth about
0: the atrocities that happened out and um, and in the world. That's pretty wild. Now, of course, in we're looking, looking through the lens of hindsight, obviously mm. since then, it's been very difficult for the South African political parties to maintain stability in their belief systems and how they want to operate things. But the fact that the initial change came from a man that spent 27 years just being a – basically, you know, he was in prison during apartheid, like where they not only oppressed prisoners but black prisoners as well. Like yeah. they weren't allowed shorts on hot days, like all sorts of different crazy things. And like he kept his spirit alive. They said that – he said when he was released from prison, they asked him what was the, the, the thing that you missed the most. He said this, the sound of children playing. Mm. And just this, basically the sound of enjoyment, like this is a man that was trodden down. And then even when he came out and then came into power, he kept the previous government's liberal stances, even though he's a socialist, because he wanted to fix the country without just being like, you know what, I'm in charge now. This is the way we're going to do it. He goes, no, the, like fundamentally this system has been working from the like economic perspective, yeah. but we need to then <clears throat> apply it to the, the human rights perspective.
1: That's what happened in Iran. They changed things too quickly. Yes. And so people were not happy
0: about, you know, everything. Yep. And Iraq as well. Mm. Um, Afghanistan as well. Mm. South Vietnam. You have to make people
1: understand. Understand. And win them over. Yeah. like you can't just, beat people over the head with change.
0: Yeah. When you, let's, you know, let's say you're a nation that has been relinquished from the control of an authoritative government and somebody has imposed we're going to put this person in power. You got to, it's, It doesn't work. It hasn't really worked ever. They've said, okay, you know, look at um, Vietnam is a really great example, right? The French and the Japanese were gone. Ho Chi Minh moved in and essentially began to establish control over his country. And then the war starts and everything. And then they basically, they put a leader in power in South Vietnam. They're like, no, this guy's going to be in charge. That man was a psycho and made everything worse. Like- Ho Chi Minh was a beloved person to the Vietnamese people. This dictator was crazy, and they put him in charge of South Vietnam and made everything worse. Mm. And it, yeah, absolutely a nightmare. Saddam put into power because he was from the the minority, and then he used his power to smush everything that he could find. Like he was like, no, my, it's just, it's crazy. Saddam's a weird one because he did like a lot of great things
1: at the start, and was a madman. Yeah. But, like, pushed literacy forward, like, pushed a whole bunch of education and, and economic reforms in and did, like, a lot of great stuff. It was, like, this really rich, prosperous, smart country. Mm-hmm. And then he went,
0: let's have a bunch of stupid wars. Yep. And then, yeah. It's not even that. Let's, like, systematically basically obliterate the other ethnic, minor, the other ethnic majority yeah. within Iraq because he's from the ethnic minority that had been mm-hmm. downtrodden. So, I'm going to- ta- It just was revenge. Yeah. <sighs> Nelson Mandela, amazing man. Um, revolutionized the did a lot of the work ANC. for HIV AIDS as well yes spent a lot of time doing a lot of different things lastly on unbreakable human spirit let's bring it closer to home John within the military space there's lots of different moments of unbreakable human spirit there's some that are a bit more combat related there's mm-hmm. some that are a bit more humanitarian related there's lots of fantastic ones let's talk about Mark Donaldson
2: Mark Donaldson was he, he is a Victoria cross recipient, correct. see the one um, I don't remember what theater it was, but uh, was it a ambush on Australian troops and he ran out and through fire, through enemy fire um, was it nine wounded soldiers and dragged them back to safety? Mm-hmm. And- uh, a wounded interpreter. And, oh, a wounded interpreter, was it? Yeah. So, yeah, just no regret, regard for his own life, just ran out and uh, saved his fellow troops through heavy uh, incoming fire. Mm-hmm. You hear that story a lot, actually, like people just mm-hmm. running out and, and and doing very similar things. Yeah. Um, I believe he was named Young Australian of the Year in 2010. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you like for that? I, you always... Every time, um, is is this the one that I would have seen video of? Is the, the, like, yeah, they've body- done a, a reenactment. of The reenactment. I yeah, thought what- of the, like actual like body cam. No, footage. I don't think there's body cam for oh, okay. this particular one.
0: But they did a dramatic reenactment of 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 it for uh, sixty minutes or something like that. Yeah, um, yeah, it was pretty outstanding. So, on the 2nd of September 2008, patrolling with Afghan and U.S. forces- It would have
2: been Afghanistan then. Yes, it was Afghanistan.
0: They were ambushed by a well-prepared and larger Taliban force. The ambush began with sustained machine gun and rocket-propelled grenade fire, causing several casualties. Donaldson deliberately exposed himself to the fire from the Taliban fighters in order to draw their attention away from the casualties, allowing them to be moved to cover. When the patrol attempted to withdraw, a number of casualties were such that the unwounded personnel, including Donaldson, had to make their way on foot- so that the wounded casualties could be mm. in in, uh, in vehicles. Um, as they set off, it was realised that an Afghan interpreter attached to the patrol was wounded and had not been loaded into the vehicles. Donaldson immediately crossed 80 metres or so of open ground between the convoy and the interpreter under heavy fire, carried him back to the vehicles where Donaldson administered first aid, and then the patrol eventually broke free of the ambush after two hours.
2: Wasn't uh, Isn't that very similar to what the... Um Victoria Cross recipient, uh, big fella from Brisbane. I'm, to, I'm forgetting his Are you name. Talking about
0: Ben Robert Smith. Yeah, it, didn't he do something very similar? He did some stuff. We're not going to talk about Ben Robert Smith. It's way too much of a contentious topic in Australia. I, I, I understand that yeah. it's
2: contentious, but when for his actions,
0: his was a little, his was a little different. It was more combat different. related. Yeah, oh, okay. More combat related, and then Cameron Baird as well drew a ridiculous amount of fire when he was his- He's the one that his, passed away. He passed away yeah. in, in combat. He, yeah. Cameron Bear's one was one of just gut, just absolute, just balls. Just that man was just like, you know what? I'm just going. I'm it just it going. reminds
2: me too of, uh, I know this is from the TV show Band of Brothers, but based on real people. That's okay. Yeah. Colonel Spears, mm-hmm. that story of him running through the German yes. line- to relay a message to the other allied forces and And then then running running back. back.
0: Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous.
2: They said like the Germans were that confused. They didn't shoot at him at first because they didn't know what was happening. Just an American soldier running past their line. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So Mark Donaldson was a very, he's a very interesting man. If you've never listened to any of the stuff that he's done in, in his future life, stayed in the SAS for a long time. He's a dad. Was it the, uh, the the S A R S? Are you trying to say S A S R? Yes, that's the one. That's the official title of the SAS, the SAS regiment, SAS, yeah. but yeah. it's simply known as the SAS.
2: Yes. I'm, I'm thinking of a different one. You're thinking- Because okay. on the base, there's a SRS. S-R-A-S. Yeah, it's completely different. Yeah, it's completely different. Um, Yeah, Mark Donaldson
0: was an orphan in his teenage years. Um, Spent a lot of time in his youth, like growing up in the bush and just learning. He's just a, a extremely Bushcraft. down-to-earth Australian man that through his- power of just his human spirit was like, nah, this is what I got to do. Like, this is, this is terrifying. Oh, yeah, this is awful. Yeah. I just got to go and do this. And it's such an amazing example. He was the first recipient of the Victoria cross for Australia when it was revamped into the Australian honors and Awards system. So oh, okay. after Vietnam and Iraq and some stuff, they re, they reshuffled the Australian honors and Awards system. Previous to that, we had our honours and awards were part of the imperial honours and awards system. So when the governor general consolidated all into the Australian system, which then created its own level of seniority of how you wear the medals, they created the Victoria Cross. It's exactly the same, but for Australia. Yeah. Um, yeah, he was the first recipient. 2008. Hmm. It was pretty
2: wild. Well, he yeah, 2009 he received it. Yeah, 80 meters of open. That's crazy. That's quite a long way. <laughs> That's all, yeah. And like, I'm sure he was, still would have been in full combat gear as well, so he's yes, carrying was. a lot of weight. Yeah, so he has a
0: quite a few different um, medals, but most of them are just standard, the standard medals that people receive for fighting in Afghanistan. Yeah, it was just a, like a two sheer medals and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. this was just a, a, an amazing moment of of sheer unbreakable spirit of humans.
2: So, are you able to shed some light on how that then comes to being awarded? Is it just a superior officer or someone else goes up the chain and says, "Look, this fella did that." Or essentially, yes. It's Come out in official battle reports.
0: It comes out through official battle reports, and then they start thinking about, like, "Oh, are we going to, you know, maybe write this up? Someone will have the the know-how about. Okay, we're going to write this up for for you know for recognition of some form. Yeah. And then where that eventually makes it to uh, is up. to- So it's to not necessarily, like, oh, we're going
2: to nominate this guy for the Victoria Cross. No, it's just we're just- going to nominate this action for yes. honours. And then through whoever makes that decision, they they come to the decision of this is worthy of a Victoria Cross. Yes. Okay,
0: cool. Yeah, so the events were first reported by the Australian press on the 12th of December 2008 following a briefing by Major General Tim McGowan on the 11th of December. At this stage, Donison was just identified as Trooper F. He then became the first recipient of the Victoria Cross for Australia. He was presented with the medal by the Governor General at Government House in Canberra. Nice. Yeah, they write it up as a report and then it could go anywhere. Like you're, you're talking about... Yeah, medal for Gallantry, Citation for Gallantry, individual yeah. awards, and this happens to be uh, the highest one. Yeah, He hmm. yeah, then had an audience with Queen Elizabeth II at Windsor Castle in 2009 as well. Good man. Mm-hmm. And All that right. concludes Medley of Madness. <laughs>
1: the- oh, <laughs> madness.
0: Yeah, it was pretty wild. It good episode, Sean. Oh, no. Did my speaker turn off?
1: Oh no.
2: Oh no, my sound. <laughs> so oh. Oh. Yeah.
0: Hope these are license-free. Yeah, well, I had paid for this <laughs> soundboard app on my phone, so we'll see what happens. Yes, that concludes the Medley Madness. Lots of topics. Good stuff. Um, geez, John and I know a lot, hey? Yeah, you guys know so much about these things. <laughs> it's all pop culture. Yeah. Just, effectively.
2: Just sometimes it's going to be, just don't peek through the curtain sometimes, <laughs> please. <laughs> sometimes leave the curtain shut. Just leave the, the veil of mystery. You don't always have to lift that rock. Yep. No. <laughs> Anyway. Thanks, Sean. Thanks for your preparation. That's your okay. For the one episode you do with you.
1: Thanks for- <laughs> Wow. Jesus, is your back
2: sore, John, from carrying this podcast? Uh, mine is. Uh, I feel like Rachel's done more work this year than Sean. <laughs> Thanks, Rach. On that note, yeah, thank you again. <laughs> He's cracking it.
0: Oh. Thanks for attending, listeners and watchers. Um, to my fellow co-hosts, um, happy new year, live long, prosper, and get... <laughs> oh, I'm
2: going gonna- to have to work out how to blur that. <laughs> did, did you foot me off? Yes. Won't blur it? Just don't show it. <laughs> Cut away. Nah,
0: I got to blur it. Uh, yeah, just put the Cheeky Tails logo over my hand.
2: <laughs> Actually, that's a
0: good idea. Yeah, that's um, a good one. Yeah, well, happy new year, everybody. Uh,
1: It has been a fantastic year for us. We're still Mm -hmm. recording in 2023. Um, Yeah, obviously the fact that we're on camera now is pretty cool Um, and we look forward to another year of episodes. Maybe some new stuff coming. Um, Keep your eyes peeled for some Mm -hmm. announcements maybe. Yep. Um, Yeah, for the last time in 2023 and the first time in 2024 as well, hit us up on at Cheeky Tales Pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thanks. No, (laughs) Uh, Yeah, we post supplemental stuff there. Don't know what we're going to do this time. Um, We've got far too much to cover. Too much. Um, But yeah, uh, you can catch us there and every so often we post things.
2: Share Um, us with a mate.
1: What we haven't mentioned and that we should mention- Uh, is Sean's favourite topic, the Sydney to Hobart. Oh, stop. Oh, yes. What a race. John and I both managed to catch the start of it. We catch the start of it and uh, know the winner. I turned on the TV because I wanted to see the cricket score (laughs) and it just so happened happened to be on. on, So you kept it on. It was a minute and a half till the start. Uh, And then I was like, I wonder who, how long does this thing go for? It's like just over a day. And when I checked, there was two boats in contention, Comanche and Live Connect. And uh, they and were alive. like a one nautical mile apart. That's I think horrendous. they stayed that way the whole way to the finish.
2: And Alive won it. Yeah. The start of it was heckers. It was. Sure. There were, there was. It's um, pretty wild just to see that many. Yeah, they swirl around in, in a circle place. until no, someone says was, go, and there they was, go. There was, there uh, was, there was mass problems, which caused one yacht to go off uncontrolled in a different direction, which passed so closely to one of the other ones. And they were tacking in front of each other and they. They're, this is like happening on live TV. Yep, there's no it's edits. It's pretty impressive just and that no, many no. sailboats coordinating. And they're on one side Jimmy. of the yacht, swearing at the boat because they're tacking that close. I'm like, the <laughs> harbour is Jimmy, massive. If you're listening to
0: this, why are you that close you to then. each other?
2: Who? Oh, a mate of mine who's oh. into
0: who's into sailing who got into this podcast purely because he thought it would be funny to listen to me. Crap on about how about much I hate tablets. Anyway, congratulations Thanks to you, the buddy.
2: crew and owner of Life
0: And man, what a race oh, for Sean DeHobart. That's enough. That'll do. Good night, Chiquitos. Did Farewell. Ta did, did you work out fun fun who won the. Uh, by the America's Cup? No, I didn't know No, no, not
2: the America's Cup. Because you got the like line on us for the Cindy yeah, DeHobart. No, I didn't and look the look handicap. Up the Oh, that's Sean's thing. He yeah, needs to right. work that out. Can you look that up for Sean, please? Who the handicap winner <laughs> of the Cindy de Hobart was?
1: Uh, He's not going to. Good night, everyone. Good night.
2: Where are we? Sydney to Hobart. (laughs)